Hello everyone, this is Andrew Kistner with the Oxford Center. I'm the marketing director here. And uh, we are at part two with Nicole Cunningham. She is our, I have to read it again, functional nutrition therapy practitioner, as well as a restorative wellness practitioner here at the Oxford Center. She operates uh, mostly out of the Brighton office. And uh, I would encourage you to listen to last week's episode. Uh, it was really in depth into what she does, how she does it. And uh, I think it would be very, very good for you to watch. Before you watch this episode, I'm sure that uh, Carter, our producer, will pin it somewhere so that you can easily get to it. But definitely go back and watch that before this one. So I don't remember where exactly we left off. Uh, we were kind of all over, which I thought was absolutely awesome. Um, but one thing that I was thinking about that I really want to ask you. So your title and the certifications, credentials that you have are functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Obviously, we... At the Oxford Center, we know therapy. Uh, that's all we do is therapy, whether it's ABA therapy or PTOT speech, it's all therapy. What does that mean from a nutritional standpoint? So it just means that there's it's a little bit different than like the traditional nutritional counseling. So it's a more in-depth way of going about with nutrition to bring your body back into balance. So it's using more food as medicine and, and supplementation. That's therapeutic dose of supplementation of food. Okay. Now... Uh, one thing that we talked about um, maybe last week or so was I know that you have a program um, that you subscribe to and you you put on called Restart, um, which I know that you do obviously a lot with food. How does this program work and how can people, what will it help them with? What's the goals of the program um, and kind of how does it work? The Restart group class is a wonderful way to kind of get started, especially if you don't really know what to eat or how to eat or even how to listen to your body. I teach a lot of that one-on-one -on -one with people, and sometimes I feel like it works best in a group setting. So the, the restart is wonderful for those that have blood sugar irregularities, have mood disturbances, have stubborn weight loss don't even know how to build a plate. They just like eat whatever's thrown in front of them. You know, it's like for ever. I feel like it's for everybody. It's Are just you saying I shouldn't polish off a bag of Doritos? Is <laughs> Probably that, not. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. I'll think about I it. I mean to each their own, but <laughs> get it. no get judgment it. here. <laughs> Um, so how, how long is that? What are the details of the program? Like how does it, it is work? a five week class. So we're going to talk once a week for five weeks and each week we kind of build upon the last week and there's actually a really cool aspect because we do a three-week sugar and processed food detox in the middle of it so you're learning right along with while we're teaching about it so you're you're going through it physically in your body as we learn about what are healthy fats and how they sustain you and how they keep you full and what's the proper you know fat to carb ratio you know, and I teach about, you know, have you ever eaten Chinese food? And you feel so full right after you eat. And then an hour later, you're like, I could eat everything. More Chinese food. I could eat more Chinese more, food. Yeah, yep. that's what I would do. Yep. I went to Chinese buffet a couple weeks ago. It's never a good idea. And it you know it, just you know makes it going you in. not feel good. I was down but visiting a friend. It's the carb to fat ratio. And we were working on, you know, uh, cars. He's a big car guy. <laughs> he's like, I pick him up and we're going to go to his shop, uh, which is a half hour away. And he's like, hey, it's lunchtime. Where do you want to eat? And I said, oh, what forever he goes, okay, I know where I want to eat. Like he had already planned this he out. Really and he's he like, can he we wanted. go Can we go to the, the China buffet? I'm like, <laughs> you know what this means. Like, yes, I want to. It's going to be delicious. And it's a I'm going to love it. It's a buffet. There's all kinds of stuff. It's a good buffet uh, in Toledo. Um, but I know in an hour, we're both going to be in a bathroom. 
Yeah. Like we are going to pay a price for what we've done. Yeah. And I don't know why it's that way. But they're delicious. It's so I good. I can't help it. Yeah, I know. And but you I'm should a listen. Listen, I am a foodie too. I am a hands down a foodie through and through. So. I would tell people eating is a hobby to me. Um, I I live to eat and eat yep. to live. And you know what? My first vacation after kids with my husband was we went to Cincinnati. You got one of those? I, got, I did. I got one. It was just a long. It was just a long weekend. I think we did just, take one. We went. To it was Disney just World. a weekend. I forgot. I forgot we did that. But we went we went to Cincinnati. Um, we at the time lived in Columbus, Ohio, and so we went to Cincinnati, uh-huh. and spent the weekend eating from restaurant to restaurant to restaurant to restaurant. It's the best, isn't it? Just having a little snack here. Tried this one. We walked around. I mean, we walked. Right. We just walked everywhere. It was the middle of winter, by the way, too. Yeah, we, we did actually. We've taken two. Nice. Um, so one, um, I don't remember how Grace was. Maybe two or three or whatever. And I, I got Emily's mom to watch her for. It was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. You know, and we went, she loves, my, Emily's a big Harry Potter fan. I don't know if you are or not, but we went to Harry Potter World and. That's fun. Yeah. It's, it's good to get away. It it's is. Really important. You have to, especially, yeah. re, you know, date each other again. And right. For sure. We went to, um, right after we started here, um, like maybe a month or so, we had, Emily's mom came up again and watched. Um, Gracie and we went to Grand Rapids, which is the first time we went to Grand Rapids, and it was like November. It was freezing. Yeah, but we had a blast. It's important, and we ate so much yeah. because we can't. Gracie has a very strict diet, you know, not strict necessarily, but very low sugar, no gluten. Um, and we found when as soon as we went gluten free, the biggest thing, the biggest change we noticed was the bags under her eyes went mm-hmm. away. Um, she still doesn't sleep well. She still has lots of other things we have to work on and, and get figured out. Seizures. Um, but, uh, we'll get that, that done, but it makes it challenging to eat at like a restaurant to go have fun. Um, yeah. when you have kids I, with complications, yeah. you know, food I complications. Know we had to avoid restaurants and eating out and I had to make everything. Yeah. And it was, it was, it's a huge stressor. Right. So I, we did that for a very, very long time. But you do what you got to do for your kids. Yeah, you it's, do. It's life, the life we live. Yeah, it is. So in this restart program, um, you mentioned one thing. Um, weight loss. Well, let's back up. What do you see the most in the restart program as far as things you're helping with, yep. you know, problems that people have that you're helping with? So we, we take like a, if you will, like a toxicity score at the very beginning, just to kind of see, you know, check in with yourself. What are, what are your symptoms? What are, you know, so we, we list that we get, we get that score. And then at the very end we do it again and it drops usually almost everyone dramatically. Hmm. So I would say, and, and the goal is not necessarily weight loss. Like this is not a starvation diet. This is, it's, it's, it's right. just a learning, a learning about yourself kind of diet, if you will. Um, I don't even like the word diet, but it's just. Program. It's a program. Yeah. And, and a lot of people will, will experience weight loss. They will experience less inflammation, less aches and pains. Um, headaches are, are, will go away. Um, but I already said pain, but like joint pain. Um, bowel disturbances, making you know, like there's just things that have been like they thought was normal right. or something they just had to live with. All of a sudden, and and mind you, this is only three weeks of changing your diet. And I like to remind people, like, you feel this good after three weeks right. of a lifetime of doing this damage, and three weeks can undo some of that. Imagine what three months can do. Right. Imagine what six months can do. Three years, like, yeah. it's food is is amazing because it can heal you 
and it can hurt you. <laughs> it can hurt you. Yes. And and the, but my job is to teach you the Morse code of the body. What is it trying to communicate with you? Because not all food is bad and not all food is good. And everybody, an avocado, for example, everyone thinks is healthy. But maybe to your body it is not. Oh, interesting. So just because something is quote-unquote healthy or even unhealthy does not actually stand true to you. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, So within this program or, you know, one-on-one when you're meeting with people, what are some symptoms that people don't necessarily know are symptoms? Like some people think, oh yeah, my, my body's, it functions like a well machine. We're good to go. We, yeah. we poop once a week. We sleep three hours a night. You know, what, what are some things that like a lot of people have, but they don't necessarily know are problems. Those are all problems, by the way. Yeah, those are all problems. problems. Those are bad. Yes. So definitely like the pooping. I yeah. talk a lot about poop and <laughs> I think I throw a lot of people off that when I start talking about poop and, I love it. um, so poop is is a huge indicator of your overall health. So you should be pooping at least one time a day. And if you really are curious, you should look up Bristol stool chart. It should be, I think it's a number, number wise. It shows you like what are ideal poops and what are not. Right. Yeah. It describes we can probably the post this. We can probably post this somewhere. Yes, you should put it in like the comments or something. <laughs> Um, it's really helpful though, because you, you should, and actually in the restart class, I actually talk about what the ideal poop is, how it should, like everything about it, everything about the ideal poop. It doesn't poop. have to be funny. It doesn't have to, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's, it's Whatever. Yeah. It, everyone, you know, obviously. it's also, it, cause I think we start talking about it in like week two. So we're still kind of getting to right. know each other and I hear, I go start talking about poop and like, right. you know, how it should smell and, or not smell and right. you know, how it should just easily glide out and right. you know, all the things right. that people are like, oh my gosh, is you really talking about this? Like, yes, I am because somebody has We're to. all adults here. Yes. So long story short, you should be pooping at least one time a day. It should be the ideal, you know, it should, it should kind of come all out at once. Right. You shouldn't feel like you still need to go to the bathroom. Right. You should not be having diarrhea or constipation. Those are all signs that there's something going on. Um, there's a lot of, to unpack with that. There's a lot of different things it could be. Right. Um, and a lot of people, and, and also another thing too, besides moving away from poop, um, is, is is hydration. A lot of times people think, oh yeah, I drink enough water. And they think, well, they, they drink a lot of coffee. Right. And it's made from water. It is. It's water. It's made from sure. water. But it it's, is think, not water. I don't know. It is not water. <laughs> it is a diuretic. <laughs> right. So it actually, you need more water if you're drinking more coffee. So so the general rule of thumb is half your body weight in ounces of water. Okay, I'm doing so, this. Yeah. So half your body weight. So example, as a, as a female, say you're 120 pounds, you'd at least need 60 ounces, just to keep math easy, yeah. 60 ounces of water a day. Right. And ideally having a little bit of electrolytes in it. So a little bit of sea salt, a pinch of real sea salt. Interesting. And like a squeeze of lime or a lemon is like a natural electrolyte. Um, there's other like electrolytes that you could buy on the market um but that's a simple one it doesn't have to taste like you're drinking the sea right um it can you may not even taste at all besides the lemon so that's and that's because of osmosis water goes from i always get this wrong it has to go from low to high solute so you need something in your water to push the water into your cells so that way you're not just flushing all of it away interesting um water so it means i need to have what 85 ounces that's a lot that's that's a lot of water. So you have, I see you have a, a mug. I yeah. would assume it's like 
it's coffee. 20 ounces? It's coffee. Okay. It's coffee. It's oh, coffee. Well, how big but is it? But it's like 20 no ounces. So you, so whatever, a little, little trick. You get a nice cup or something that you really enjoy, yeah. that's pleasing to the eyes, and you enjoy carrying it around with you, and you know how many ounces in it, you know how many you have to drink a day. Right. And that is your goal. And okay. And it's not about being perfect, but it's, okay, I, I have to drink three of these a day. Right. And you're just trying to drink three. And you're not going to beat yourself up if you don't get it. Okay. Now, it's, so let's talk trying. about, you You mentioned something that yep. I um, went down another rabbit hole a while ago on water. And I think it was my father-in-law that brought it up to me. He's very, just a brilliant guy. Um, probably, I mean, he knows a lot. Um, he's very, very smart. And he said to us once, reverse osmosis water, we have reverse osmosis at home. We have reverse osmosis here at the Oxford Center is that it pulls everything out, which is good. You're getting all of the chlorine and the fluoride, and we can go down the rabbit hole later. Yep. Um, and, <laughs> and everything out that the city and the world puts in it, mm-hmm. um, but it also pulls out the good stuff. Yep. Um, and you have to add stuff back minerals. in. You have to add minerals back in. Talk mm-hmm. to me about water, because it's a lot of people drink a lot of water, yep. um, but are they doing more harm than good if they're drinking <laughs> distilled water for yes, Pete's sake. Yes. So nobody should be drinking distilled water. No. It it actually will leach calcium from your bones. Interesting. So it it actually can make you have brittle bones. It can it can lead to other mineral deficiencies. So we nobody should be drinking distilled water. RO water is kind of along the lines of distilled a little bit. Um so yes, need to be adding some minerals and they make like uh, ancient mineral or what is it? I don't know. They, the they Celtic sell, salt. And yeah, you could add like Himalayan yeah, or, like the salt. Like I said, like the natural sea salt. Um, um, also, um, and lemon. I think we there, sell but, them here. Trace minerals. Yeah, that's what trace it's minerals. Yeah. Trace minerals. You yep, can add the drops. drops. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I do. Um, it does change the taste of the water a little yeah. bit. My kids sadly don't like it. They think it tastes like their school water. Right. <laughs> so they're like, I, I don't like. I'm not drinking it. But I also, um, when I was on, because we have well water and RO water. Yeah. But prior to that, we had city water, and we just used a Berkey filter. Okay, and Berkey so, filter. Yep, Berkey, and that uses that uses gravity to pull the water through the filters. They use a charcoal filter. Is that like filter. a Brita, or is that something nope, a little different it's system? Way different system. Berkey filter. A Berkey. We'll it's, find it. We'll put a link. It's amazing. I really do recommend that for especially for city water, or if you don't have water softened water, if you can find a way to like bypass the water softener on your like home, then that would work too. But it does the the water softener messes with the charcoal filters. Yeah, we have to. We live in Milford. The yeah. water. I have no idea what they're doing with the water in Milford. Yeah. Um, but it also it, the Berkey. You add attachments that have okay. fluoride, so it removes the fluoride and oh, chlorine and all. And so in theory, they say you could filter out pond water and make it huh. pal- palatable. 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 Well, make it drinkable we'll where you're not you. going to die. Yep. Yeah. So that's what they they say. All right. I'm not going to test it, but I'll have to look up this filter. <laughs> I'm not going to go drink em- pond water. Emily sent me this thing, another rabbit hole, um, on TikTok about, you know, your water's pH being at the right level. If, if I, this has been a couple of months. And she sent me this uh, filter, filtration system. Yeah. And she's like, we need this. And it was like five grand or something for this filtration system. What and it, it'll actually output different types of water based upon what you want to do. So, I don't. I think it's too much involved. So I don't know. So here's my philosophy on pH things, and okay. and, and I don't. So I don't know anything about water pH. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. Not a water expert. Um, but I do know the body, and I know like people are on pH, like certain diets about pH and all that. Yeah. 
And my philosophy is this. Your stomach needs to be highly acidic in order for anything, everything. It's the first line of defense, really, besides your skin. Everything, the first line of defense of internal when you consume things. So it needs to be acidic to kill pathogens, bacteria, parasites. And digest food. And digest your food properly. makes sense. So it needs to be super acidic. Now, once it leaves the stomach, then it needs to be alkaline. So yes, but... But no matter what you put in, it has to hit the acidity of your stomach. So it doesn't really matter. It may not make a difference. In my opinion. I mean, I I, it's not like I'm an expert on this by any means. But that's in my 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 thinking brain. <laughs> that's. But you don't also want to do anything that's going to disrupt the pH of your stomach. So right. this is a controversial one. But you I should not be taking Tums because that is just actually messing up the stomach acid of your stomach. You want to keep the city. Okay, we're going to go down this rabbit hole. Okay, we're doing it. We're doing it. So, um, and I completely agree with you. And, yes. and I, I had to experience this myself. So um, I, it's happened twice in my life. For like a couple of months, I just had, it's like a stomach ulcer. Like every yeah. time I eat, awful pain in my stomach. And I had a gastro GI scope thing and they didn't see anything, but it was months later by the time I got into the specialist. Um, I think it's some type of ulcer. But anyway, um, and I couldn't figure it out. And I would take Tums. It wouldn't do, do anything besides Cause turn things black, yeah. uh, <laughs> which is really weird. Yep. Um, and uh, so I was on TikTok again, and something popped up about acid and antacids and how bad antacids are for you um, in that your body needs acid. Um, and then upper GI acid or lower GI, I don't remember exactly. There was an actual medical doctor who had studied this. And um, I started taking like licorice root. Um, it's a healing. Yeah, yep. supplement. And mm-hmm. literally I would eat and I would feel this coming on. And, and I had to go to the emergency room once. Um, it was so bad. I was hurting, I believe just it. bent over. Yep. And I would feel it come on and I'd take two of these little tablets. They look like tubs, but they're not at all. It's licorice, some root, something. And literally corrected it. I took these for like a week long, no more problems. Yep. So that's what I do with clients. So obviously there's a, so you ideally for everything to work properly, you need a highly acidic stomach for right. a, a certain pH. Um, you need it to, for the process to work correctly. It's when things are not acidic enough, it sits in your gut. So just think about taking a blender, taking your di- dinner, throwing it in a blender, Blending it up and then just leaving it there. What's it going to do? Yeah, it's not going to go. It's going to putrefy. It's going to bubble. It's going to ferment. Well, that's what it's doing in your gut because right. you don't have the correct pH. You don't have the digestive enzymes. Things aren't working correctly. And it's sitting there. It's expanding. The The sphincter at the top of your stomach is not strong enough to keep things. It's only meant to keep things from coming, you know, very weak. It's only right. supposed to allow things to come down. Right. It's not meant to it's hold things. It's not a plug. Right. And so that's where you get the reflux. Interesting. So a lot of times you have reflux because you don't have enough stomach acid and you get the um, But then they prescribe antacids. Sadly, yes. And and, and that's, then that then they have to prescribe And then you're on it for me. and then and then you're on it for a very very long time. Right. And so ultimately what I do is we will do like hydrochloric acid challenges. We'll do a very, very small dose of hydrochloric acid and we'll work your way up. But if at first one, you already have heartburn or you already have heartburn symptoms, we will not start you off with an acid. No. We need to do some upper gastric healing. Right. So like the licorice root, marshmallow, slippery elm, aloe, like there's all kinds of things that huh. we can use. There's different teas. 
So you can sip on to kind of help heal your esophagus and that upper gastric um, tissue. So once that acid reflux is gone, and we even have like tablets that you can do almost like a Tums, but it doesn't disrupt your pH, but it helps soothe the, the burning and the, um, the reflux. And then once that is gone, then we will start adding that low dose of acid right. to get your stomach to optimal level. Yeah, it has to. So, I mean, you need acid to work. But yep. yeah, they, they sent me home from the emergency room I know. with Prilosec. Well, and that's and why- like, I take this. It sounds like an, it's like, it's, it is not. Yeah. I've taken and That's acids. where the medical it system, did, I feel nothing. like, gets things a little wrong. Just because, because right. again, they're not looking for root cause. What, what's, what, why am I having reflux? Why right. am I burning in my esophagus? Right. Why does my stomach hurt so much? Oh, well, let's just give you an antacid. Yeah. Which causes more complications right. because you need you need acid in your stomach. So have, then you go on. It, it, a lot of people. They'll be on it for see twenty plus TikTok. years. They're yes. only supposed to be on it for a couple weeks. And right. They'll be on it for twenty years. Plus the other stuff they have to be on to fix all the things that the antacid is now doing. Yeah. Uh, and it just blows my mind. And it wasn't until I saw some gastro specialist on TikTok who said, "Here, Carter, throw me the throw me that bottle, the big bottle." <laughs> yeah. I'm not good at giving directions. That's actually yeah. GGL Synergy chewable yep. long word licorice. Yep. And I took so that. So there's yep. I crunched two of those. They, did you know this is black licorice taste, right? This one. I don't know. I don't remember. It's There's kind of, one. I haven't so had this issue we have, for we have two, six months. We have two. We have one that um, that I use, one that tastes like black licorice, and then one that's like a dark chocolate. Now, granted, neither one of them it tastes great, but it helps. It helps It's heal. over quick. And then yep. um, this, I think I took for a week. I don't know what it is. Digestive enzymes. Pancreatic enzymes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And HCL. Yep. Like, literally, this one week of this stuff, and I had this for months. Mm-hmm. I went to traditional medicine, and they said, "Ah, oh, just take some man. Here's some Prilosec." Yeah. And they write a script for it. I don't know why, because you can get it from anywhere. But anyway, and and it didn't help me at all. Zero help. And I went down a rabbit hole, and I found some guy going, "Don't do that. That's an awful idea." Yeah. What you should do is try this. What this you should is, do is come see me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I can you help know? you problem solve and right. go down rabbit holes that you don't have to 100%. do on your own. Um, so we talked about what what other symptoms do you think that a lot of people have that they don't know is a symptom? Headaches. Oh, interesting. Headaches. That's not normal to have headaches. It, it's a sign of, I mean, it's a sign of a lot of different things. It could be a food sensitivity. Right. It could be just an imbalance. It could be needing essential fatty acids. There's a lot of things to go down that one. But I would say, yeah, I would say, and, and sleeping. Sleeping is another thing that people think is normal that they can't sleep or to wake up in the middle of the night with their thoughts racing or like can't go back to sleep. And they're like, oh, that, yeah, that's normal. It's not normal. You yeah. should you should sleep soundly. You should. I know. Unless you have a kid. That's, no, it's that's not different. That. I was up at 145 this morning <laughs> texting notes on this. It's just what I do. I don't, it's yeah, not good. Your adrenals good. Are, are kicking in. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Trying to keep you alive. It's life. <laughs> We'll figure this out, I promise. Yes. Um, so what are some of the successes that you've had? And you've done this for a while, even before the Oxford Center. What mm-hmm. are some of the su- successes that you've had with people? What have you helped with? I, I've helped with a lot of different things. I think the most notable is someone came in with an autoimmune issue, an autoimmune disease. And, and I can't remember. I think it's called... 
I'm horrible about the names of the medical names, but it was basically had to do with like regulating your blood pressure. Like, so when she'd stand up or oh, interesting, she'd pass out and faint and things like that. I, th- I want to say it's POTS or something like okay, that. Okay, could be. Um, I, forgive me if I'm I don't know saying anything it wrong. Um, but basically, it was a lot of you know. So she had she had she basically she presented with no gut issues, huh. nothing gut related. It was all. You know, she had autoimmune. She had hard time. Adrenals were kind of affected. Just her body was stressed out. She would faint. She had um, a lot of immune issues. She was sick a lot. And all of those individual things kind of point to the gut, even though she had no gut symptoms. She didn't have bloating. She didn't have, you know, gas. She didn't have GERD. She didn't, you know, there were, she had normal She thought everything was fine. She thought everything was fine. She wasn't coming to have her stomach. And that was probably the last thing she thought you were going to touch on. Yeah. And I love it. So doing a GI map. So the whole philosophy is testing, not guessing. So we we always I I personally always prefer to do the testing. So the GI map is a wonderful test to see what's going on with the gut, with the whole body, because everything starts with the gut. You know what in it we test for parasites. We test for, you know, just opportunistic bacteria. The good bacteria even can be out of balance, you know, just all the bacteria, and even if you're digesting fat properly, how's your gut army? You know, um, if you if you're there's inflammation, there's all kinds of things that this test tests for, and it's a right. wonderful test starting point to see okay what is going on. Is in everything your body. in balance? Is everything working the way it yep. should? That makes yep. sense. And sure enough, there's dysbiosis, a little bit of H. pylori. You know, there was just things going on, and there was no symptoms directly. But yes, the auto uh, you know autoimmune can be related to the gut. The, the immune allergy and mm-hmm. being sick all the time is related to the gut. So, you know, just eradicating and balancing out those those pathogens, the imbalance of the bacteria, fixing and working strictly on the gut, and then also doing a food sensitivity test. So we oh, never yeah. just strictly work with the gut because if you just try to heal the gut but you don't remove the food sensitivities, right? it's just like, it's like having a wound on your arm and you're taking every good care. You're putting salve on it. You're putting a Band-Aid. You're doing everything to keep it nice and healed and protected. And then three times a day, you're taking it to a brick wall and just being like, <laughs> scrape, scrape, scrape. You know, it's Why like. Why won't it heal? I, I, and then wondering, <laughs> what is going on? Why am I bleeding everywhere? You know, so right. that's basically what food sensitivities are, is they're just adding inflammation yeah. and fire to the already inflamed gut. And people don't know. Like I was, I had a allergy test when I was a kid. I was, I'm allergic to everything outside. It's just how it's always been. I think they've gotten better as I've gotten older. Um, but I never did apparently food. I learned, I don't know, six months ago, I'm allergic to egg whites. I was eating eggs every morning. That could be why you developed a sensitivity. (laughs) Which could be why it is, you know? And so people, I think even though I've eaten eggs my entire life and they've never bothered me and they just started to bother me, I developed that later in life. So I think it would be, it's important for people to do testing, um, even every so often. And sensitivity testing is different than a, like a true allergy. Okay. So allergy, a true allergy, you know, you will know immediately right. it, that you have an allergy. Um, you usually will have an EpiPen. You, right. You, you, unless you're a little kid, you pretty much know exactly what your true allergies are. Right. It's when you get into sensitivities, and and there's a difference between sensitivities and intolerances. So an intolerance is like a dairy intolerance, you know, you just don't have, you lack the, the enzyme to digest the dairy. So you get, you know, flagellants and bloating right. and a discomfort after, but a tr- like a sensitivity 
is different because there's different ways to have those sensitivities. It could be from leaky gut. It could be stress. There's a whole bunch of things that could happen. And eating the same food over and over and over again can create those sensitivities. So that's why sometimes those happen later in life. Interesting. And you don't even realize it. And the other thing about sensitivities that people don't, it's, it's hard to find them, especially even if you do an elimination diet, is you can have mild sensitivities to several foods and eating those foods by themselves don't create a reaction huh. so much. But when you eat those mild foods all together, that's when you create. And so it's really, and sometimes those reactions don't happen for 72 hours. Right. So it's really huh. hard to track those sensitivities down. So it's, it's another one where you can't even figure them out doing like an elimination diet. Right. Because it could be the avocado. It could be the lettuce. Right. It could be even the healthiest foods that are causing an egg. Yeah. You know, although eggs is a pretty common allergen, but. It could be anything that is causing you um, a sensitivity and a reaction. So that's why we do testing. And, awesome. And I've done it personally. And, I, and then as soon as I got the results, you know, I had some suspicions. I kind of thought I knew. And then, you know, as soon as I saw them, like, because, of, of course, it was everything I was eating every day. <laughs> you know, everything so like, I love and hold dear. Yeah, and so I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, so, right. um, and, and it's not a forever thing, too, with sensitivities. You can heal them and not and be oh, be able to eat them again. So it's not a true allergy; it is a sensitivity. You can okay. heal from them, and you only have to eliminate them for a short period of time, three to six months, depending. And then I teach you how to bring and them back in and what to look make for. Make sure that yeah, you're not yeah. So it's not like forever. You have to eliminate all these foods. Awesome. So well, there's hope. Well, there's hope in the world. Nicole, <laughs> you know so much about this. You've blown my mind on on several several different areas. Um, and we're going to close this episode out. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this is episode two, and I think this is probably our final episode until maybe a couple of months. We'll sit down again. Maybe I'll go through some of this testing. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm just a stubborn guy. Um, so <clears throat> again, every Thursday, please uh, subscribe to the channel. We're on about every platform uh, that you can think of. Um, it is on video, so you'll see the, be seeing this video if you go to YouTube. Uh, or even Facebook, you'll see all the episodes, not just audio, but you'll actually be able to see us. So uh, we're, we're pretty awesome people here. So you're missing out if you're not seeing us. Um, again, uh, you'll find all the podcasts listed um, everywhere for the most part. Uh, this is Andrew Kistner and Nicole Cunningham from the Oxford Center. Thank you for joining us.